This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. The Custer's Black Podcast, whatever that is. So, delighted to be joined by Joe, but more commonly known as uh, Shrimper Stats. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me. Come that's on. all right. That's all right. Here to discuss the last uh, the last four games and the, the lack of form, should we say. But uh, trying to deep dive into to why that is, you know, possibilities of, you know, is it, is it been a case of have we slightly changed? Uh, is it just a case of being off form, you know, and and what we can do to, to address it? So, obviously, we both went to Oxford yesterday. In my opinion... A better performance, but again, another frustrating one. You know, a team we should be beating. You know, that's that's not being disrespectful to them. Uh, they did actually do all right in the game, but uh, we should be beating them sort of teams if we are to be a serious side. What was your view of the game? Well, I know what your view of the game was, but actually the game went. Yeah, from what I saw, uh, I thought, I thought, um, I've, I've seen a lot of sort of negative comments. I feel like the first half, we were probably a bit slow with how we passed the ball around, to be fair. But I think we still created chances. I think they caused us a few problems, to be fair. I think particularly first half. But I think a lot of those moments were when we've we've lost the ball or maybe they've counterattacked. So, you know, there's still our chances. But then I think second half, we really upped the tempo and we've we've created more chances, like particularly in the second half and it just comes down to finishing. I think it just comes down to take, taking the chances. Everyone knows, obviously, we're obviously in bad form. Haven't scored in a few yeah. games. The confidence is low and stuff. But I don't think it was a bad performance overall. To be fair, yes, I think we just he's just taking the chances. 
that's what it comes down to. I think that if we if we take and sort of one or two of those chances that we did create, everyone would be saying we played really well. But because when you don't score, obviously, then it's a bad result. They're obviously down there for a reason. Uh, no disrespect to them. So it's, like I said, it's the same we should probably be beating on paper, but when you don't, then all of a sudden it turns into a bad performance, apparently. I th- I thought it was all right. But yeah, like we said, it's just about just about taking the chances when they come. Like, absolutely. Means, absolutely. Yeah. I think if you so take that game in isolation. To, sort of, yeah. Yeah, sorry, mate. I think if you take that game in isolation and take that game for what it was, you know, sort of forget where teams are in the league and that sort of stuff. As you say, that's it's a pretty solid performance. I agree with the first half comments. We were moving the ball slowly. Their, their sort of chances came, I guess, when they were transitioning, like you say, trying to counter-attack and, and go from there. For what it's worth, I actually thought they were all right. They were never going to concede seven again. So they were, they were of course, going to be more defensively no, sound. Exactly. You know, they made they made it difficult for us, you know, and that's that's probably where the... I'm not going to say lack of shots because I, we actually had plenty of shots to run to you, but that's where, you know, edge of the box, people scream, you shoot, and we're passing out wide. It's because they've got four bodies in front of it, you know, at least minimum in front of that shot. You know, it's... Yeah, it's it's a frustrating one. The second half, I was, I was actually impressed with the second half. You know, it was one it, within five minutes. I thought we well, got no worries here. We get we're gonna get a goal here. Credit to them. They, they say they defended well. I thought their number twenty three defended well. He looked good. I'm not trying to look at him. Yeah, yeah. I say it's frustrating, but if you're gonna try and take positive away from it, it's not a bad position to draw it from. Clean sheet. I know it's again not a great team, but um, created chances. It's not like we're not getting these chances. You know. If we want to go back to, we will go, we will obviously be, we'll stay on Oxford, but go back to the last sort of two or three games previously, we actually have been a bit poor. So that was a lot better in terms of actual performance. So I don't know what you think of the last few games previous to that. Yeah, I, I don't want to be, um, I'm pretty, I think I'm fairly balanced like with, with how I see things. Like, I don't really get too sort of, too up. Like if we go on a good result, like go on a good run, or if we go on a bad, Run, I don't really get too down. I'm fairly balanced, but I don't want to be like blindly like positive, just looking for positives for no reason. I think clearly, like it's it's about taking the chances when they come. But I do feel like yesterday was was a pretty good performance overall. And I think, like I said, just a couple of games before, like the two home matches, I think even though we had chances and like, we hit the post a few times and that, I think they were probably a bit. Poor to be fair, like both of them games, not great. But I do think the Oxford one was was an improvement. I'm not really, I don't really read into like, you know, you can take positives away from it being a clean sheet and not losing and stuff. But I'm not really bothered about that. I'm more looking at the performance, and I think it was improved because equally you could say we got a clean sheet, but then you can say they're bottom of the league. So it's not. I don't read too much into result. For me, it's more about how we played. And I think it was an improvement on the two previous games. But yeah, like the consistent thing over the last four games is like, we haven't scored, obviously. We haven't taken the chances. We've had loads of chances. Hit post, hit crossbar, like poor finishing, bad luck, lack of confidence, whatever it is. If you're not taking your chances, you can't get results. Everyone knows that. So that's something, obviously you've got to be worried about that. But I think, Performance-wise, it was all right yesterday, you know. And like I said I think it was a bit better, but it's just every game. Every game's now massive. Like, need to get results soon. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm probably in that camp of similar to yourself. I've been a bit balanced, and I'm I'm probably balanced in terms of my view of where we are in that sense. So, you know, we've obviously got games in hand. You know, we for once the league table does lie in the sense we've got minus ten, so we aren't where we should be. So I'm not necessarily worried about us getting relegated in the sense I don't think we're gonna. But in my opinion, we are in the relegation battle. I think it just takes two wins to get away from it. I think you get them two wins. Yeah. I thought the York game would have been perfect for that, actually, to be honest, because they're in and around us. And I thought that would have almost separated us a bit. But yeah, we're definitely in it. So I think you've got to be sensible enough to accept it and realise you're in it. But then also mature enough, should we say, to not overreact and think that we're getting relegated and, and these players are now absolutely terrible and, and, and whatnot. You know, it's the same players that we all loved a month ago. The majority of us still do. Yeah. They're a good bunch, a good core. And, you know, we're probably just, you know, I, I, I don't know why with that confidence. I'm not too sure what's happened since, but it does seem to be just a little bit of that, you know. It feels like we're going to get a goal off someone's arse or something and then it will, and it'll be all right. You know, but until that happens, we are we are where we are, unfortunately. Yeah. I think, like, like you said about the, about the 10 points now, I know, like, People get annoyed when people keep mentioning it. Like it's almost people sort of will say it as if, yeah, but we would be tempted for whatever we would be in the playoffs. And people get annoyed by that. But you've got to, you do have to take it into account because all the teams around us in the league, no disrespect to anyone, they're there because they haven't picked up the points. Like that's why they're lower down. We have picked up more points than them. We've won more points. We've we only nine teams picked up more points than us and I think seven of them have played more games than us so we are we're not a bad team like that's the difference teams around us down there like basically because they deserve to be we're there because of all the nonsense that went on off the pitch basically so yeah you can talk about a bad run and that's why we're down there but equally we've I think we've got the players to get out of it we're 100% in the battle can't you shouldn't be sort of just ignoring it and saying no, we'll be all right, just carry on because we we are in a battle. But you know, I'm I'm a bit worried about it. But I do think we've got enough with the players we've got, like the staff we've got. I think we've got enough to get out of it. But I think obviously confidence is low, and that's when we all need to stick together the most. I think you know as fans, obviously like we've got amazing fans. Like we took so many fans to Oxford yesterday home and away like, like incredible numbers best fans in the league I think but this is where it shows like we've got to stay together they need us now more than ever I think so it's difficult really that's 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 the same 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 as I feel really and it's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk or talk you know get you on to talk was I get frustrated with say the overreaction I've already mentioned it you know some of the stuff I was reading yesterday you know in, you know embarrassing useless and we're getting relegated and these players aren't good enough. And I'm thinking these are the exact same players that we were all loving and, and you know, in that sense, overrated. You know, some of the comments I was reading before, I was like, this, yeah. they're not that good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, we're going to win the league next year with this squad. Yeah. We're not going to win the league next year with this squad. We need we need players to come in. It's as simple as that. You know, it doesn't mean that they're shit, though. You've got a great core, a great, great spine there to build around. You know, and I guess... Yeah, we might as, well, might as well sort of move on to this because, you know, there's a lot of talk about formation changes and, and that sort of stuff. And, you know, the classic I always see is let's go forth or so. It's such a lazy comment, I think. But, you know, you know, I guess firstly, do you think we need to change shape? And if so, what? 
and you know, and who would you, I guess, replace with with who? Um, for what it's worth, I would probably abandon the two up front, or certainly two strikers, and and have one maybe sort of working off in, in and around Cardwell or whoever. Um, I think we played really well. I think Cardwell played well in that role, and doesn't look the same with two up front. I'm not too sure why. I don't know if they're both occupying similar spaces. I don't know if he's not making runs because he expected someone else to. I don't know, but it doesn't quite click for me. So, yeah, what what would you change if you could? Yeah, like just sticking on the point you made about the strikers, that's that's interesting. That's something that I need to have a look into. Like, so I think when Cardwell was scoring a lot of goals early in the season, we did have, I think, more of like a like a number ten sort of second striker like with him. So that's that's an interesting point. That's something I need to look into to see if that is the reason why he was doing better or not. I don't know, but I think start sticking on that. I think. Um, Yesterday, so Sandak started, and he was dropping into midfield quite a lot. That's what I think he he's probably the best sort of striker we've got at dropping deeper and linking play in the midfield. And I think that really helped us overload the midfield, sort of build up from defence, like quite nicely. Helped us keep the ball really well. They gave us all the control. Like we controlled the game really well yesterday in terms of how much possession we have. I know that didn't that doesn't win you games, but you know, it does help you control it. So that helps. And I think as the game changed, Oxford were quicker to sit really deep, put like 10, 11 men behind the ball. And in that moment, we was getting loads and loads of crosses into the box. And it made more sense to have more of a target man in addition to Cardwell in the box. That's why I think Dak has come on. So, you know, we, we, we've got different strikers to sit to suit different, different matches and different moments in games as they change. I think in terms of the formation, I wrote something, I think earlier this week or whenever this is coming up last week, um, basically saying, I don't think the formation needs to change right now because you've got to, but first of all, we've got the players to suit our system. We don't really have a right winger, so we can't change to 4-4-2, 4-3-3. If you did, like the only player really we've got who can play on the right is probably Jack Wood. And to be fair, like, I think he's a very promising player, but he hasn't done enough yet to really earn that starting place in the team, in my opinion. Maybe, you know, I think he's a good player and that will hopefully come, but I think there's a balance between you've got to stay loyal to the players. Like, if you're if you're, Kev, like if you're a coach, you've got to stay loyal to the players because they've done really well for us. But obviously, we are in a, like a bad patch and like we need to get some results. So we need to find short-term solutions now to get a result to get us away from it but it's that balance because if you're dropping if you're changing formation and just dropping key players like so soon it's not going to be you know that, that togetherness is going to go i think so if the bad run continues and that's going to have to happen but it's that balance and it's when do you know what i mean it's when that starts to go it's, it's when they make that change but i don't think formation is is necessary. Like I said, I don't think we'd suit a formation with proper wingers. And the thing with formation is they change all the time anyway. Depends on what moment it is. Sometimes if we defend deep, we'll defend with a back five. When we attack, like we have I think yesterday we had like six players almost in attack. Like it's a two two sort of number eights, two midfielders pushing forwards, two strikers, two wing backs. That's a front six. Like, so it's it depends. So 
there's also a moment yesterday yesterday when we was building from defence and we was dropping Miley from his defensive midfield spot into defence almost to make a back four. But we don't play a back four, so it just changes depending on what moment. I think people get too fixated on formation and that's about that's sort of you know, without without considering how it affects every moment in the game. So I don't think it should change yet. But like I said, if the bad run continues, then there's going to have to be a moment when they have to think, do we change shape or do we start dropping key players? Now we've got like, now we've got a few players in, a bit more depth. So, but no, I don't think it needs to change yet, personally. I don't know what, yeah. don't know what you'd think about change of formation, but... I'm I'm the exact same as you. I say the only thing I potentially would change is, is potentially is maybe not have two strikers, have, have one off Carbo or one other, whoever. Um I think the the shouts of change information, if I'm being honest, again, I don't always mean to seem sound patronizing, but it comes from the classic five in the back, it's too defensive, blah, 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 that sort of nonsense. I don't think people understand or at least are looking at the fact that our shape is the key to how we play. You know, we're playing that from the back. A lot of the times, one of our centre-halves will be free in in terms of them receiving the ball from Keeper or whoever. Um, and that, that starts for attack. I don't think people are kind of... So I don't want to sound passionate, but like quite getting it. Um, you know, so I, it's a bit lazy, I think. As you said, it changes in games. You know, you can't really... You can't tell me Jack, wing, Jack Bridge plays as a wing-back half the time. He's, he's playing left forward or, you know, he's playing as a winger half the time. You know, so... Yeah, you could argue at times it is a back foot, you know, with Ralph maybe pushing a little bit further out, out wide and, and and whatnot. So yeah, I I'm 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 not one for changing the shape yet, as a similar view. Going on going back to the York game, I found that quite interesting. So obviously, um I didn't do the, the Gateshead game and you know, players were supposedly rightfully dropped and yeah, we've got the options now, so that's great. But we seem to play with Morton, unless I'm wrong, Morton and Miley are sitting. It was almost like we went from one six and two eights to the other way around. And I just didn't quite understand that. Yeah, I didn't think we needed it. I didn't think they were a particularly good team, to be honest with you. They they got exactly what they deserved on the They worked well, but um, I just didn't think it needed that. Is that a role that you think Morton can only play? Is that why we've done it? Just to fix Morton in? Or because the the three in midfield that day I thought were too similar, were far too similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Wes has his doubters and, and stuff, but I think he's such a good player when we're trying to unlock teams. I think he's so key to that. And, you know, our attack then that left kind of completely fizzled out, really, as a result. So, yeah, I was almost wondering where you see Morton fitting in, you know, why maybe we changed that shape that day and, you know, if it's, is it something we reckon we'll do again? Yeah, so I've said a lot about how important Wes is to us. Like, I think we've already just mentioned about Jack Bridge. Tom Gook, like, he links really well with Jack Bridge. So a lot of teams have kind of sussed Bridge out, so they'll put, like, two players around him, and then it becomes so difficult for him to to really do anything. So that's why we get Tom Gook in the team. He can make these forward runs beyond defences. He can move. He can take, like, markers with him, and that'll create space for Bridge. And then, obviously, we can get Ralph pushing forwards as well. So those three work really well together. So before... So I've mentioned a lot that I think because we're so reliant on our left, like when you look at how we attack down our left side compared to our right, most of our attack comes from our left. So until we figure out a way how we improve our right-hand side or the middle, I don't think 
Bridge, Ralph, or Fonguk should be dropped. I think you need to keep those three. At the same time, I think so. What that's for the York game, right? So at the same time, we lost Chesterfield and we lost Gates. There's two defeats. Now we've got a few options in. It kind of makes sense to obviously make a couple changes. And I think when you look at the team that played against Gates, there's like from the starting eleven, Fonguk was probably one of those whose place is less secure in the team. I think you look at Miley. Seen, I don't know, Cardwell, Gus, whatever. They're they're more secure in their in their place. So it kind of makes sense to drop Fonguk, even though I, like, as I've said, I think he should play. After a couple of defeats, kind of makes sense to drop him. In terms of Morton, when we signed him, I did say that he played a lot in a midfield too for his old team. So that kind of that's where he played against York next to Miley. So I think that's. That role probably suits him best. But I think that specific to that game, because he come in for Wes, it almost... I, I don't think... I I don't know if, if they spotted something tactically that they thought we're going to go with two defensive midfielders or maybe they just thought we're going to take Wes out and put Morton in. And naturally, that just means that we go with two deeper players because he's in the team. I don't know. But I think the... I think that's. I think we probably went with two deeper players just to get Morton in the team, but the issue is that Hussein played further ahead as like a number ten. But as you've said, they're all similar players. He's not really a proper number ten. We don't really have a proper number ten in our whole squad. That is one position that I'd like us to bring in just to give us something different, even off the bench. So yeah, I agree. I think that they're very similar players. And like you said about the left side in the York game wasn't as strong as, as it has been. I think we look at yesterday where, so Wes was back in the team against Oxford. He played in his normal position on the left. He's in on the right as normal. When Morton come on, he played on the right side and Hussein was on the left. So that's, that's interesting. I think that's something that we could see develop. Like maybe, maybe we'll go, if we, if we include Morton in the team, maybe now will start to use him as an, as a number eight rather than as two deeper midfielders next to Miley. I don't know. We'll have to see. But personally, I think Morton's more suited to a deeper role in that sort of double pivot, if you like, that, that two deeper midfielders. But we'll have to see. But yeah, I think another another midfielder like a Fonguk, that's someone I want, I'd like us to bring in. But I don't know if we'll do that. Yeah, I agree. It's almost like you don't, I'm not saying we're crying out for that that sort of traditional or like the, the, the new school number ten, but you're right that sort of forward link with the midfield and and we that that we we miss when he's not there. It's so obvious we miss it. Yeah, it's interesting what you say about Morton because you know it almost makes me. He's clearly a good player. You see him on the ball. I actually thought in that your game he probably was the best of the three. Um, you know, but he was obviously taken off because let's face it, you know, he's still getting used to it. The other two have earned their place, you know, in that sense, you know, and um and, and whatnot, but. Yeah, I almost think that if we were going to play him, and it means we're going to change shape, I'm almost not understanding why we signed him. But as you said there, he kind of played off the right. And if that's something we're going to look into, then that's quite interesting. I mean, maybe we're looking at him, you know, maybe receiving the ball and, and, and crossing it from that right-hand side back post. I don't know. But similar with, with Nord, the exact same. Bridge play it back and, and we're whipping it back post. I don't know. But, yeah, let's, I mean, let's move on to the signings, actually. So, I mean, Krauth, is, he looks really good, I think. 
he actually looks better than I thought he would actually. Um, I don't know why. I, I didn't have doubts as such, but you know, I think Taylor's almost played so well this year. It's um, you know when when I was thinking, oh, he's not going get, to get Taylor out of the team. I'm kind of unsure if he's going to get back in the team at the moment, or certainly yeah. certainly replacing Crowther anyway. I'm, I'm really impressed with him. Um, he's better with the ball. He's been. I thought he'd be actually. I thought he'd be a bit of a a clogger for one of a better word, but no, he's he's pretty good. Not seeing enough of of Waldron to be honest. If I'm being brutally honest, I wasn't necessarily I wasn't really impressive against York. Um, but again, I don't know how he plays. You know, are we playing him how he's been been at his previous club? And what I saw, I'm saying I, I, if that's me being harsh, but I'm I'm gonna guess he was maybe a bit of a fox in the box playing between the posts. I don't know. I don't know. So. Um, yeah, how do, you, how do you feel with three sides fitting? Oh, and obviously Morton as well. Yeah, Morton as well. I think I think he looks a tidy player. Again, a bit too similar to what we've already got, maybe, but good good backup to have, and and certainly someone if he's going to replace Mike if he's injured, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, have any problems with that. Yeah, no, I think um, to be fair, I like all three signings. I think when um, yeah, like Taylor Taylor's probably been player of the season. To be fair, like he's, he's right up there. Crowell's come in and he's looked class. I think he's better on the ball than Taylor. Obviously, Taylor's like so good at defending um, and, and defending like large spaces as well, which is something that I think that's the only thing that got a couple of doubts over Crowell just because he's not as mobile as Taylor. It's just when we're like defending transitions and there's like a lot of space to defend, if he's up against like a really quick winger, for example, maybe he'll struggle there. But I think he's been excellent, like big lad, like strong, like good. Like Cross is coming into the box, he'll just head it away. Like good from set pieces. I think he's fitted in really well. Morton looks excellent. Like we said, I think he's similar to some other players we've got where he likes to drop a bit deeper, hit the ball off the defence. Got a nice sort of diagonal pass on him. Like he's good. I'd like to see him in Fonguk's role potentially. Like if like I said I wouldn't drop Fonguk, but if if Fonguk was to be dropped. I'd like to see if Morton can do that role. I don't I don't know if he can do it. From what I've seen, I, I'd say he's not that type of player, but I'd like to see if he can develop into that. That's all. But I think he's an excellent player. I think Waldron, I need to see more of him for us, to be fair. Playing for different teams, different systems, you know. So he obviously scored a lot of goals for his old club. It's about the types of goals you're scoring. It's not about every team creates different chances. So I don't know loads about how his old team played. But from what I saw, he was, like I said, a bit of a poacher, good movement in the box, could find a bit of space quite easily from defenders. I don't know. I need. To, I just need to see him play more for us. That's all. I think we'll see. He started one game, I think. So I don't think he played a full 90 minutes yet. So I think give it a bit of time. But there should be opportunities there because I think when you look at we played two strikers, Cardwell is pretty much secure with his place. It's who partners him. So we've got Waldron, Dakers, Sandat, and Jack Wood. We're kind of rotating there until we find a solution. Like we need to get a result soon. We need to go on a little bit of a run. So I think whoever partners Cardwell could keep changing for the next few games. Like hopefully we get a win on Tuesday or whatever in the next couple of games. But until we find solution that second striker spot could keep changing so there could be more moments for Waldron coming up so I think he's he looks a good player I just think you've got to give him time but I think the other two have just settled in quicker that's all but that's that's all right 
that's not a that's not a criticism. Sometimes it just takes time. That's all. Yeah, no, that's good. Exactly that. I say that, that was just me being harsh. Saying that it's first time I saw him, and I was yeah. like, well, not seeing. I'm not necessarily impressed. I was like, but I don't know how he plays. You know, he's been in that sense. It could have been a centre half up front for one. You know, I've never seen him play before, so it was you know be interesting to see how we fit that in. I think, and are we going to maybe tweak our style a little bit to suit him because. You know, it's only one below. No, it, you could argue it's a bit of a, drop, a jump. You know, a lot of the moment, all the teams that came out last year are all struggling. So it's obviously a big step up. He was a top goal scorer. So he's got to have something about him, you know. Yeah. And, you know, you'd like to think the service is going to be better. Although, you know, it wasn't great like yesterday. Um, but yeah, you know, you'd like to think it's going to, it's going to improve and, and, and yeah, he'll, he'll start to take his chances. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, going back to Crowther, actually, because I've, I've seen a few a few sort of people start to throw a few stick at, um, at Ken's now, who I think is a really key player for us in terms of how we play. You know, I think he really carries the ball forward well. You know, he's, he's got a good pass on him. You know, I think I think a fair criticism would be doesn't necessarily always deal with the physical strikers as well as he could. But I was just wondering if almost you could you see Crowther doing that role potentially a bit going central and obviously I'm not advocating to Ken's up the drop there, but you know, with Taylor's back and with Ralph's back, it's it's a good headache to have. And I was wondering if Crowther would reckon could play that role. Yeah, I do I do to be fair. I think that so before we signed Crowther, we had we had Brooklyn, right? So he was sort of I personally think the idea for him was to develop, because he's quite a young player, was to develop into Kensdale's role. Not to replace Kensdale, but just to be another option in the middle of a back three, because he's really tall, really strong, like quite mobile. Obviously, now he's left. Kensdale probably was the only player we've got to play in that middle of the three. Luckily for us, he's touch wood, he's, he's so available, like all the time, he very rarely gets injured. So we don't need someone, like we need cover there, but we don't want someone who can only play one position because then they're not going to play if Kinsale's playing all the time. I think Crowther can do it because he's because he's physical, he's quite vocal, he's quite commanding, quite a leader, I think. So I think that he can kind of cover, he can probably cover any position in the back three, but I think particularly that right side where Tade has been playing, and the middle, I think, if Kensdale were injured or suspended, I think Crowther could definitely do that. But I, I see him as someone who can play more on the right. I think that will be his main position. But like I said, I think it's important to have cover in all the areas. And it, it makes more sense to me to have the backup for Kensdale being able to play more than one position. 
because um, like I said, if not, they just wouldn't play. If not, you'd have someone there who'd only play five games a season at most. Like Kenzel probably doesn't even miss five games, does he? So I think it's useful that you can play two or three positions. But yeah, it's definitely something that I think you can you can play there. But I don't think Kenzel will be will be dropped. But like I said earlier, if the bad run carries on, at some point there might have to be a stage where they say key players will have to be dropped. I don't think we're there yet, but you know we might see. Hopefully the run don't continue for too much longer. But if it does, there might be a point where we have to mix it up more. That's all. Yeah, six is, I agree with that. It's, um, you know, we've probably got some tough games coming up again. People might not want to admit it, but you know, Bain head away, that's a tough game. Um, you know, it's probably a whole place to go when you are on a bit of bad form, actually. So it's not the ideal game for us next. Um, well, I don't really know too much about him actually at the moment. So maybe things have changed. Maybe they've turned into a football team rather than a rugby team. So they might have a chance for that. Um, and they also got all the shot there. They're pretty good. A bit, bit hit and miss, but they're a pretty good side, actually. So, yeah, turning that form around is still going to be tricky, but um, I've got the confidence they're going to do it. And say, I think, as you said, the performance against Oxford, take it in isolation again. All right, they're bottom of the league and they'll be struggling, but it was actually okay. If we're 12th there, people probably just say, yeah, we should win that and move on. Um, but obviously, where we're fighting, there's a bit more emotion behind it and that sort of stuff. Um, I just want to ask you a question actually about what do you think of the standard of it this year in terms of the league? Because um, I, I know we've lost two big big teams and, and some big spenders in Knotts and Wrexham, but I must admit, I do think the quality has dipped a little bit. I don't know if that's where maybe teams are more, um, teams are evenly spread now, if that makes sense, where instead of you've got them two right, yeah. uh, right away, but you've now just got Chesterfield, really. Well, I know they lost yesterday yeah. to Bromley, but I just wonder how you feel about that, because I kind of do feel like the bottom teams, they're, maybe they sort of stand out a bit worse, with all due respect, but then the rest of it does feel a bit like anyone can beat everyone to me. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that I think even in like in previous seasons, there's been one or two teams down the bottom who are just miles and miles adrift. I don't know, well, I don't know how many points Oxford are adrift. To be fair, but it doesn't seem to be one team who's just completely, you know, just cut adrift from at, at the bottom. I think, like I said, when we lost, or we lost when uh, Wrexham and Knotts went up. Chesterfield were probably on their level pretty much. I know they're just walking it, to be fair. So I think, yeah, the standards probably dropped. I think that that mid-table, you can kind of, if you went on a run, you can jump up the table quite quickly. If you're sort of 15th or something and you win two or three games, you can probably jump up a good few places. And obviously there's still like quite a lot of games to go. So we'll have to see what it looks like by the end. But I think that, that middle, that probably fifteenth to fifteenth up to the playoffs is pretty tight. To be fair, even us where we are now, I know we're we're just above the bottom four, but if we if we got a couple of wins, like would be we'd be looking more like mid table sort of thing. So I don't I don't think there's a lot in it. I think it's a bit more even. Yeah, it seems it seems a bit tighter to me. Yeah, is, is there been any standout players for you this year? Because um, again, I must. Have, there is obviously some good players I've seen, and yeah, like, you see things on Twitter. I mean, obviously you've got like Josh Stokes who's gone to Bristol City. Obviously he's gone back there. Uh, they've got that striker who I think it's Tolad or Tolad or something like. So they've yeah, got yeah. a couple of good players. Um, the Con Clark at Old oh, You know, they're all yeah. they're all getting a lot of plaudits. These players, in fairness to them, uh, Gates had a few. But 
I must admit, I've not necessarily watched a game and sort of gone, wow, he's good. You know, um, maybe maybe it's just where, I mean, maybe I'm getting a bit more used to it now, a bit more understanding of it. But yeah, the, certainly the first year he was here, you would watch a player and I'd be like, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a standout. You know, he's, he's quite clearly a level above this, you say. But I'm, I've not really noticed this year, unless I'm just being a bit harsh there. Mm. Yeah, is there any, anyone that stood out? And, and, and if so, I mean, would you, I guess, what players could fit into this system? I, no, I wrote I wrote a big um, like recruitment document a few weeks ago looking at some players we could sign. So people plug there if people want to go <laughs> and have a look. But no, I remember watching, I think we played Hartlepool quite early in the season. I think they had um, that Mancini. For me, he's the best player I've seen play all season. I'm not, I, I don't think we'll sign him like he's, it's not a realistic sign, I don't think, but I think he's probably the best player I've seen. Con Clark, Auctionham, I like you mentioned. I think there's good players at most teams, to be fair. I think most teams you look at, they've got one or two good players, even teams near the bottom, you know, will we'll go on good, good sort of goal scoring runs or whatever. So, but yeah, for me, Mancini was probably the best, possibly the best player I've seen playing this league, like since we've been down here the last few years. I think obviously at Langstaff obviously scored so many goals, but when we played Knots, I don't. I don't think he. For me personally, I don't think he stood out as much as Mancini did against us this season. For me, he was just a level above. We never coped with him. So there are a lot of good players. To be fair, a lot of good players. What's I mean, if you could sign one to fit into this system, whether that be like a ten or like the eight or you know or whoever, really. I mean, who would you go for? I went. I, 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 it's recruitment so difficult because right? obviously every team's different. Like all the systems are different. It's so hard to to tell if like a player who's playing somewhere else will fit in exactly into our system. In my recruitment document, I looked at like earlier where we said about maybe bringing another midfielder, like in that Wes sort of mold. Like, um, I looked at Toby Edsa at Ebbsfleet, and I know Ebbsfleet are sort of down there. They're not having a great season. But for me, he he would fit in well for this system. I think he's very similar to Wes. He's not really a proper number ten, but he's he's more of like an advanced midfielder. He's like quite um like good on the ball, but like quite technical. He, he gets a lot of shots away. He's pretty clinical. I think when you look like last season, he was playing in the league below. He scored, I think eleven or twelve goals from midfield, and I think if if that player. Like if, if we were having this conversation in the summer, just gone, we'd be desperate to sign him, I think, after the season he had last year in the league below. Now, obviously, step up. Ipswich aren't a great team, to be fair to him. Like, I don't know if it's because of the step up or just because he's playing in struggling inside, but he hasn't really replicated what he did last year, to be fair. But I think when I watch him play, like he would fit in very well for our system. And like I said, I think if we was... We was talking about him on the back of what he did last year, considering all the play- loads of players we've signed have been top performers in the league below. I think I'd be desperate to sign him. But yeah, it's it's difficult really to to know exactly if they'd fit in, like when they're playing for different teams. Do you know what I mean? Because like every every team's different. Every team sort of creates different chances and plays slightly different ways, but. Yeah, Toby Edser at Epsfleet would be one player that I looked at who I think he'd fit in well and I think he'd help solve a couple of problems as well, like in the final third. 
Yeah, well, you could argue stylistically, obviously, at least were until they sat there, man, quite similar to us. I mean, I'll get, I think they, I mean, from what I, I've seen them a few times last year, actually. And from what I remember, they were quite literally total football. I don't think they went long once. So um, you could argue stylistically you should be able to adapt to that. Yeah, I like I like the sort of shout. What what would you? Because I, I must admit, I I do feel that you know there's nothing wrong with our transfer policy, and, and it's a lot it's a lot better than what we've done before in terms of the signing aging pros that have played twice in the Prem and you know that sort of nonsense. But I must admit, I do think you've got to find a bit of a balance with it. I do think we are crying out for, I guess technically it is experience, but for one or two that have just done it, you know, I think you look at the teams that have gone up. It's a bit of an unfair comparison with Wrexham because they obviously did just buy their way out of the league. But, you know, Wrexham, not slightly different. Stockport probably similar to Wrexham. They have just bought their way out of the league, really. Okay, they've done it with a purpose. They've bought players that are going to fit into their system. But I do think we maybe need to, to look at that and go, right, you know, what what is who is someone we can bring in that has done this? And, you know, when we are back against the wall, knows exactly what to do and game management is superb and, you know, sometimes we are a bit naive. We're probably a bit better than we were last year, but I remember our game management particularly poor last year. There'd be certain times where it just it didn't really, you know, it was almost felt like we was inexperienced. And you know, I just wonder how you how you how you feel about that as well, because you know, I, I kind of feel like we do need to do that. Like, I always paint it to say it because I do love the policy of getting in Larnik players, but I think it comes a time when you almost maybe. You might get found out a bit further in that, or you know, you take a gamble on someone that they're not as good as you thought they were, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think it's so difficult when we was under an embargo for so long because I know there was players that, like like you said, were experienced who have sort of done it at this league, who we were looking at, and obviously couldn't do anything about it. So, like when you look at like, who we brought in, sort of Sandat, Dakers, both on loan. We'll see what happens in the summer with them. They're both here to the end of the season. We'll see what happens. But I feel like both of them were kind of brought in because we needed someone. Kev knows them. Like they're, they've been here before. Everyone knows them. We need the strikers. We needed someone. We needed like we needed um more of a target man when Cardwell was injured. So Dak has come in, especially in January as well. Like who's available? It's so difficult when you don't have that unlimited funds to go out and buy players. In terms of the policy itself, like for the lower league players, I, I I like it because I think it's about you've got to make the most of of the club. So we're obviously a big club in this league, and I think if we're using our the, the club size to become attractive to other teams, where maybe I don't know what our budget's like, but maybe there's other teams in our league who have got more money than us. We can't really compete with them. Perhaps I don't know if we can't what can we do to make us more attractive? Sometimes I think using our club size, like using our fan base, the stadium stuff, if we're signing players from the league below who are doing well in the league below and it's only one level down, but they're playing for a smaller team and then we come in from it, it's, it's, it's more attractive. And to be fair, I think a lot of the players who, we, who we've signed from the lower leagues, they've done well. Like Cardwell come from lower down, he's top scorer. Mike or um, Kensdale, like we just mentioned him, he's a big player. There's a lot of players there, Hussein, Gus, you know, loads who have who have done well. I think that possibly we could do with a bit more experience, maybe like an experienced striker, but it's just it's got to go with who we've got already. So we've said we've said earlier about the midfielders, how 
Miley, Hussein, and Morton are quite similar. I don't know if there's room for another midfielder in that type, even if they're experienced, because they've already got three. You know what I mean? So it, it's got to fit in with what we've got. But if there was like an experienced striker in the summer or whenever who was available and sort of fits the system and everything, then yeah, I wouldn't be against that at all. But I think, like I said, I think generally speaking, when we talk about our recruitment policy, we've got to, we've got to use our club size to, to give us a competitive, competitive advantage over other teams. Well, maybe we don't have the funds to compete with other clubs, but you know we've got the fan base, we've got the coaches, we've got the players and stuff to become attractive to other players, really. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. In fairness, yeah, it's um, yeah, the argument I I sort of had is is I, I would almost make it an eighty twenty split. Like take your gambles on the lower leagues eighty percent of the time, but then let's try and get twenty percent of it. You know, someone we we can, we 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 almost relying on we can guarantee he's going to do a job and, and that sort of thing. You make a good point, I guess, on the January targets. Uh, and this is no disrespect for the three signs we have made, but you're right; they weren't first choice targets. You know, that's that's just the reality of it. We had a long list of players. Um, you know, you hear of players who was after and that sort of stuff, and these players were probably way down the list in that sense. You know, and that's and that's not you know that's not because we feel like necessarily they're worse, but it's because you know we started at A and we've ended on Z, but we just worked our way down it. You know? and so that is that is a good that is a fair point. As you say, we then signed Dakers and Sandat, who know exactly how we play. You know, they were only here last season. So in that sense, quite shrewd signings, actually. Signings you'd like to think you can guarantee what you're going to get out of them. You know exactly how they play. They get us and that sort of stuff. So, oh yeah, I, I think, I do think we're going to stay up, obviously. You know, I'm pretty confident in that sense. I think we've got to be honest, we're in the situation, but we'll stay up. But the pressure is on next season, you know, because... I think the reality for most fans, whether it's right or wrong, will be to win the league. I do think that will be the reality of where um, with expectation of it. And I think that's where the pressure grows. And I think that's that might be where we potentially almost have not abandoned it. Not, we don't abandon the transfer policy, but we might go, yeah, we need to um, just change it up a bit. And that's why I was, you know, I wondered if, if, uh, if you felt the same. As you say, it's, they've got to fit with what we've got. And that's the difficult thing. You know, do we go and sign an experienced centre half and you go, great, but who's he replacing? And you kind of look at it and think, well, they're not, you know, are they going to replace Ken's now? I mean, that would kind of probably be the, the early shout, but then it's like, well, he's quite key to how we play and he's young and probably got a good resale value there. I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite surprised there's been no concrete interest in him, in fairness. Yeah, it's an interesting complex, Adam. One that I guess the club and Kev have got to deal with moving on. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And as, as well, I think that, like you mentioned about, like about Kensdale, like if we brought in an experienced centre half, even if he did play ahead of Kensdale, like it's just on a new contract. It's been key to what we've done, obviously, last couple of years or whatever. He just signed a new contract. Everyone was buzzing these that he signed. So it wouldn't look great if I know like you can't just be loyal all the time. Obviously, like I said, there has to come come a point where you might have to drop key players to get a result because we need, you know, we need to stay up, obviously. But it's not going to look great if we drop in, if we sign in someone to replace a key player who just signed a new contract straight away. Like you, you, you need to stick by the players, and like they all could have, they all could have left. You know, what I mean, they all could have left and have stuck by us. So we need to be loyal to them. But it's a balance. Like I said, there might have to become a point where we do drop them. But yeah, like you said, it's just about fitting in 
any new players that come in, whether they're experienced or from the lower leagues, whatever, it's just got to fit in with what we've got. And you don't want to have a, a too many options in one area. You don't want to have too many players. You want to have enough depth to cover injuries and stuff. You don't want to have so many that you've got people sitting on the bench or not in the squad, never playing. You need to have um, a decent squad size, but not too much, I think. So that's what I think we've got in a minute, to be fair. Yeah. It's... um. I sort of touched on it earlier, we kind of brushed past it really, but where, what, what do you think the reason is we have dropped confidence? You know, is it just the case of we have kind of just lost the game and it's just it sort of kicked the stuff out of us or do you think there's anything a bit more deeper than that? Because I do generally just think it is a case of we've played a couple of games, we've not scored a couple of goals and it, it's, I say, kicked the stuff out of us a bit. Um, Carver hasn't looked the exact same. I thought, it was, I thought it was better on Saturday, but he wasn't the same before then. I didn't think it was particularly good against York and stuff. Why, why do you think that is? I mean, is it, uh, yeah, do you think there's any reason behind it? Yeah, well, it's it's hard to say. I think I think that quite clearly when Cardwell got injured, so I think he played Gates said the end of November. I think that was his last game in the league. I think he got injured after that. From the in the games he missed, quite clearly we we've basically stopped scoring. Basically, in the time he's been out, okay, there's a few games where we have scored goals, but. Over those sort of ten games or whatever it is, we've been underperforming a lot. Whereas when he was in the team, pretty much, you know, we were scoring goals. When you look at, well, I'm not gonna like bore you with stats, but like when we look at how we were scoring goals compared to what we were expected to score when he was in the team, it was very similar. And then when he got injured, that's when we started to underperform. Now, obviously, he's back in the team, but like you said, he's been injured. He's probably not hundred percent. That takes time. You've got Waldron's only just signed. I haven't really seen too much of him. Dakers didn't really play a lot of football before he came to us. So he's probably not, he's probably still getting like, it should be matched up now, to be fair. It's been a, a month, but people coming in, in and out of the team, it's hard to sort of have that consistency up front. And yeah, like I said, when you go a few games without a goal, confidence is just going to drop. That's natural um, in the fan base as well. Like when people were getting frustrated, that's fair. Like that's not, it's not fans' fault for getting annoyed and feeling frustrated. That's that's normal. That's normal with every club. But that definitely affects how the players feel 100%. Can't, can't get away from that on social media or whatever. It's about that environment that it creates. So it's difficult to say exactly what's dropped the confidence, but even things like, you know, there's been a few games you haven't scored. Maybe people were a bit scared to shoot. Maybe they don't want to miss, so they're not shooting as much. I don't know. But I think that I'd like to think that once Cardwell really gets back up to full speed and hopefully Waldron gets in the team consistently as well, I think that partnership of them two will work as we go sort of medium term, like long term, as a over a run of games. But we need to get short term results in the meantime. Do you know what I mean? You can't yeah. just be saying, you can't just be putting it off saying, yeah, we'll be fine. Or yeah, we're going to start scoring. Like we need to score now. because We need to get a win. So it's, yeah. it's just a balance, I think, of, of doing whatever we can short term to get a result whilst not changing the system or changing the formation or anything, like I said, there'll become a point where we might have to mix it up, really. 
Yeah. I um I won't mention it on here, so I'll, I'll speak to you about it another time because I've I actually want to know your opinion on strike partnerships. Actually, I had this conversation with someone the other day, and I said, "Oh, they're not really a thing anymore." You know, I don't think you get two strikers anymore. I don't, there probably is loads of examples, but um, I've got this bit of thing that it's not really, especially in maybe the top level, you don't really get two strikers playing together anymore. But we'll talk about that off, off another time. Right. But um, the last player I sort of want to bring up actually is um, Ollie Coker because I think he, I think some people have forgot about him, and you know, I was just wondering, you know, you know do you feel like? Do you feel like we've missed him when, you know, maybe the option for Wes is, you know, say Wes is maybe a poor game, whatnot, you know, have we have we missed Coker being inside? Because, you know, he probably is the only midfielder we do have that isn't afraid to have a shot, in fairness. Um, he scored three great goals so far this season. You know, I, I, I sort of find it difficult to pinpoint what sort of midfielder he is actually at times. But, you know, I was wondering if you if you feel like we have missed him at times and, and um, yeah, would, would he be playing ahead of maybe one or two at the moment of, Maybe out of form. I th- that's a great point. That's a great point. I wanted to mention him actually. I think that he's very similar to to Hussein. I think he's probably the most. If you look at all the other midfielders we've got, Hussein is probably the one who's most similar to Coca. So he's he's more of like a. Oh, he's not like he's not a defensive midfielder, but he's someone who maybe wants to drop a little bit deeper to pick the ball up and progress it forward. But the great point is that. He, he scored a lot of long-range goals. So when we think about yesterday, for example, against Oxford, for a lot of the game, we pinned them back and there was, there was like 10 men in their penalty box or whatever, 10 men behind the ball. In those sort of games, I think it'd be really useful to have Coker on the pitch. Like anyone can have a shot from the edge of the box. But I think if there was one player who I'd feel really confident in shooting from 20, 25 yards out and really troubling the keeper, it's probably Coker. Now, I don't know if he'd, at a minute, if he'd start ahead of another midfielder, to be fair. But I think it could be a great option to come on, like, say, the last 20 minutes, if we've really got all the all the control, all the possession, we've really pinned them back, then we can bring Coker on, perhaps, and he can start shooting, you know, and, and that gives us a bit more threat from the middle because it's so difficult to create anything from the middle of the pitch where everyone's there. You've got to go around the sides. But if you've got someone who can shoot from, you know, central middle of the goal, 20, 25 yards out, that's an- that gives you something else. That gives you another threat. So Coker's that player for me. But I said, I don't think he starts ahead of anyone yet, but we'll see, hopefully, like, if the bad run carries on, then, you know, there might be a time when he comes in. He's been injured, though, so I can't remember. Was he- I don't know if he was on the bench yesterday. I don't know if he's close, yeah. actually. And I think he's close, but... Yeah, that that definitely could be an option. I think even even just to bring on the bring off the bench, just because I think, like I said, I think he's the he's the one player who, if we were going to shoot from range, I'd want it to be Coker, because a lot of the time you see, Kensdale or whatever get forty yards from goal, and everyone's tending him to shoot. <laughs> you think, <laughs> you think, hang on, <laughs> but if it was Coker, twenty five yards from goal, I'd feel more confident because he's got that. He strikes through the ball very well, but he's obviously scored goals as well. So he's proven he can do it. Yeah, I think that, that could definitely be a useful tool, if you like, against um in basically in games like yesterday where we've where we pinned them back and got all the all the sort of control and stuff. Yeah, as you say, you know, going back to yesterday. I mean, we we we've won games this season, but we played worse than yesterday. You know, I don't care what anyone says. I remember there's 
You know, it, it's it's almost a kind of more obvious, I think, because of the way we play. We obviously have a lot of the ball. I think when we don't have a lot of the ball, it obviously sticks in your in your head more. So, you know, I remember it, you know, when we played Kidderminster away, we had we had chances to score more goals, but actually they they weren't that bad that day. And, you know, you know, we we've probably played, yeah, so we've played worse this season and, and won. So, you know, that's 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 going back to the bring it bring it, um, you know, trying to find some positives in, in uh yeah. pretty dire situation. But um, you know, uh, let's move move on to mate, oh, go on. No, that, I think that's why like the, like for me, the first goal is like so important. Like I don't know what it's like for every other team. I'm sure, it's probably the same. But when you look, you look historically in the last or two or three seasons, it's probably the same all the time. But when we score first, we win most of the time. Most of the time, when we concede first, we very rarely win. I think that I think part of the reason is if say we concede first, maybe the other team are more inclined to sit back. And we've got more possession, and we've got to try and break them down more. And then, when we said earlier about our left hand side being too, like we're too reliant on our left hand side, then we maybe become more predictable. Maybe it's easier to, to defend against when we concede. But when we score first, maybe we can then afford to sit back a little bit, not because we want to, but if the other team pushes us back more and we're forced to sit back, we can defend. We're really good at defending our penalty area. That's all we can do. So we can tr- we can control games through not having the ball, whereas like yesterday we controlled it through having possession. We're also good at controlling it through not having possession. But then it's about creating different chances. Like if, if you've got a lot of the ball, obviously it's difficult to break them down. If you don't have the ball, then you get more counterattacks or transitions or whatever. It's easier to score because there's more space. So I think that's that's something that. I think I've mentioned it the other week about like scoring the first goal is so important. I think that's why, because when we score the first goal, there's fewer moments where we have to, we where we have to pin them back and where we have to have all that control because it's it's harder to score in those moments. You know, that's yeah. why scoring the first goal is you can't always score the first goal, but when you do, it becomes easier. I think that that's just something we've got to work on how we improve our right hand side so that when we do concede first or if it's nil-nil like yesterday and we're we've got all the control we have equal threat from both sides you know we're not just too reliant on one side so that's the only thing that i've got a few concerns with really but it's just how do you improve that like we mentioned a minute ago about coker maybe being that person who can shoot from the middle of the box potentially we're good from our left hand side it's just how do we improve our right hand side in those moments where we've where the other team is sitting really deep, I think. Yeah, no, you make a fair point there. You know, without looking into it, I'd imagine that's very true of this league, this level. You know, sort of getting the first first, first goal. Um, you know, for want of a better phrase, you probably get a lot of ugly teams in this level. So, for example, who are happy to get a goal and sit back. You know, um, or you know, just to sit back and and try and nick one. Um, York were probably a good example of that. To be fair. Um, I weren't particularly impressed. I'll be honest. Not from the the sort of technical side of things, but you know what? In terms of the game plan and and that they got exactly what they went for. You know, literally took their one chance and scored it in the ninetieth minute. Fair play to them. Yeah, you know. So moving on to Maidenhead. Obviously, that's next on Tuesday. I've not really. I, I'm going to assume. I don't know if you know much about them. I'm going to assume they're a pretty um, direct side, and, and you know, the ball's in play for about three seconds. Yeah, I don't know loads about them. To be fair, I think that, I think it's a difficult difficult place to go. 
I mean, you look at some of the teams they've beat at their place last couple of years. I think they beat Wrexham there last season or a couple of seasons ago. I think it's easy to look at the league table and sort of say they're not, I think they're mid-table, I think they're about 15th. So it may be easy to look at that and say we should be beating them, even though we're obviously lower down. But every game's different, you know. Every game's different. Every team plays differently. Difficult game. So it don't help that we're away again. I feel more confident if we were at home, but it's another game we've got to try and just got to try and win. We just got to take our chances. We just got to take yeah. our chances, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's probably a good place to, to wrap it up there. So uh, cheers yeah. for coming on. Um, no, I'd love no to make it a more. I'd love to make it a more regular thing. I say this between someone like yourself and who sort of deals with more. I say this. They say about facts and figures rather than I guess opinions. You know. Um, let's be real sometimes your eyes don't lie but what you're seeing is correct but especially yeah. in modern football now a lot of it is to do with stats and stuff and I think you know, it's, it's really important that you know everyone that's me and you and other fans that we sort of almost you know try and, uh, try and improve our understanding of modern football and I think that's you know someone like yourself with the data you play and that sort of stuff it really helps so um, yeah if anyone's not following Trimmer stats on Twitter I'd say behind the official club account but then probably Chris Phillips is probably the the best account to follow. So, um, right. yeah, for anyone that's not following, get on that. Trip of stats. But oh, yeah, thanks, I'll mate. say, mate, that's all right. That's all right. I'll say, I'll <laughs> make it a more, a more uh, permanent thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, cheers for uh, cheers going on. Yeah, no worries, mate. Anytime. Anytime. Awesome, mate. Thanks for having me. No worries. No worries. Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.